We're going to look in the verse or, or in um, the book of First Kings in chapter number nineteen. It's a familiar uh, passage of scripture here. I'm sure most of you have not, have heard it and and read it, but we're going to ask God to do a new thing and give us something new this evening. And I hope I pray He will. Um, but the, we'll start in verse one here in chapter number nineteen. The Bible says, and Ahab told Jezebel. All that Elijah had done, and with all he, how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now. O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord, the opportunity to call upon your name, the opportunity to hear your word preached. I pray, God, now that your power and your spirit, God, would come. God, and fill this room, God, that you would help me, God, as I stand to bring your word, God, that you'd fill me with your presence, fill me with your power, God, you'd do the preaching. God, I pray, Lord, that you would rid me of myself, rid me of sin, and clean me up, God, so that I may be inhabited by you and you may do the preaching, God. I pray, oh God, that somewhere tonight, God, something that would be said that would help somebody, God, not for my sake, God, but for the sake of you and for your glory, God, for your honor. Lord, we thank you and we praise you so much, God. Now I pray that you bind the devil out, uh, outside of this church, God, for even for just an hour as we, as we preach your word. God, that he'd have no power over anything. God, that he'd have no power of distraction. God, he'd have no power, God, over the, uh, uh, over the live stream. He'd have no power over the, the sound system, God, that you just rid him of all power that he could have here at Bethel. God, strip it from him. God, and kick him out onto the highway. God, that he wouldn't even be able to step foot, God, onto the church grounds. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, Calvary and the mercy and grace that was shown there, God, and the blood that was shed that re- redeemed us of a... Uh, of our sin, Lord, we thank you and praise you so much. God, now again, I ask you to help me as we preach. In your name we do pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So we see here in the book of 1 Kings, in chapter number 19, we read the first four verses, we see uh, a, a, a strange, actually, turn of events there. Uh, and and we'll, we'll go back just a little bit, we won't read it, but I'll tell you what happened. I'm sure most of you know that, that just before this, in the chapter before, uh, Elijah had had been and he challenged Baal and challenged the, the worshipers and the prophets of Baal to that they call on each other's God and whichever God, whichever's God sent fire from heaven was a true God and real God and those old boys the Baals about 400 of them uh, went and and they put up an altar and they went to screaming and shouting and asking Baal to send fire and they even went so far as cutting themselves and I believe they's turning flips and spitting and snarling and and they's probably punching each other in the face they's doing all kinds of wild things to try and get a rise out something to try and get something to happen and yet after all that they did after cutting themselves and bleeding themselves not a thing happened and then Elijah we know that he's the man of God Uh, he's the the man that God has given to the Israelite people to be his messenger to be his prophet Uh, and so we know that Elijah during the time of drought they had no rain in almost seven years they was uh, it was dry boy they didn't have a crop they didn't have no uh, livestock it was dry 
And uh, he said, go and fetch me barrels of water. And his son, he dug a trench around that altar and he waterlogged the, the offering on there. He waterlogged the rocks. He filled a trench up. Uh, it was so much water. I bet you there's people that's calling him crazy. Uh, and you know those old boys at Bell, they were looking at him and, and thinking he was crazy and thinking he was wasteful. Uh, and he said, well, then they was probably saying, well, hey, here we are sitting. We done all these things for our God and he never said anything. What makes you think uh, uh, that your God going to be any different and Elijah knew that he was serving the living God uh, and so he uh, uh, he filled it up and all he did was ask and God sent down a fire that burned up the altar, burned up the water. I believe it turned the uh, the ground to stone. I believe that the, uh, they were smoke rolling up in them, in them boys of Bell's face uh, uh, and so we see that God had done a great and mighty work and of course uh, we know that Elijah come and he slew all 400 of those prophets of Baal. Uh, let me tell you which takes a lot of power and a lot of strength more than God just uh, uh, than just, more than God just burning up the altar and burning up the water and, and doing a great and mighty thing there he gave Elijah the power the speed I mean I don't I've never killed nobody and especially not with a sword or a, but I've never killed anybody but I imagine it takes quite a while uh, uh, to kill 400 people with a sword and yet he did it without them getting away uh, without them running and hiding he did it so God uh, performs there we see two miracles and uh and it was great, and I imagine him and, and God's people, they rejoiced, and they were probably shouting and praising God. They had seen a great miracle. Uh, and then here we start in, in chapter number 19 here. Uh, king Ahab, an evil and wicked king, was telling Jezebel, his wicked, evil, more evil than him, wife, telling her about all that Elijah had done, told her about the fire coming from the sky and how he killed all them prophets. And now this, uh, uh, a lot of people don't realize this about Jezebel. Yes, she was mean. Boy, she was evil. Uh, but since she was all uh, tangled up and, and all into the Baal worship. She was into worshiping the devil is what she was into. Uh, and because of uh, uh, because uh, Elijah had slain all of her prophets that was worshiping the devil with her son, she got mad. She was angry. She, was, she said, I'm going to have to do something about this. And so we read there in verse, or in verse number 2 that, uh, uh, that she sends a messenger to Elijah and she says, uh, because you've done this thing, because you've killed these prophets, because you've uh, uh, slain them with a sword, uh, she says, if I'm not going to do it to you, may the gods do it to me. And that's what she said. I'm going to kill you. That's what she said. Uh, I'm going to kill you. And so we see that when Elijah gets this message, uh, the Bible says when he saw that, he arose up. And so he heard that, uh, that, uh, that Jezebel was going to have him killed and he jumped up and he put his running shoes on uh, and he ran away. He ran away and he went and left his servant and then he ran away even further. He ran all the way to the end of the country. Uh, all the way down and then what did he do? He got down there and he was hiding out and he sat down underneath a juniper tree and he said, God, just kill me. He started feeling sorry for himself. And so that, says, that was a way of introduction. I want to see two things here uh, tonight, and we'll be done, but two things tonight that Elijah forgot. He forgot two things here. And I'll tell you what the first thing he forgot was. He forgot what God had done for him. 
like I said, that God, he had just witnessed, and this is not the only miracles he witnessed by any measure, but he had witnessed God do a great and a mighty thing right there in front of him, and not even a day later, he's ready to run out. He's ready to die because nothing's good. Everything's bad. Uh, uh, down is up and, uh, uh, and up is down. He says, um, gosh, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? And so he's forgotten what God's done for him, and it just happened to him right there. Turn with me. Uh, uh, this evening to the book of Mark real fast in chapter number 8 uh, and I want you to underline something in this verse here chapter number 8 verse number 18 if I can get my Bible to turn you don't want to God help us but Mark number or Mark chapter 8 and verse number 18 says having eyes you see not and having ears you hear not do ye not remember? I want you to underline that part right there. Do ye, do ye not remember? And notice those verses are in red. Uh, what we see here uh, is Jesus had uh, told his disciples that the leaven uh, of the Pharisees leavened the whole loaf. He's saying stay away from that junk that the Pharisees believe in. And they thought that he was talking about them not having a loaf of bread on the boat. And he said, after all the things, and if you go on to read, he says, after all the things that has taken place, all the things you've seen me through the power of my Father do, do you not remember? Do you not remember? And so that's my question tonight. Do you not remember? And we see uh, three things that happen uh, when we forget what God has done for us. The first thing we forget, when, or the first thing that happens uh, when we forget what God has done for us is we've stopped worshiping. And if you'll notice, uh, like I said, and if you'll go back to the story with Elijah, uh, that day that he slew all those uh, Baal's pro or prophets of Baal, and he slew, and God and fire come down out of the sky. I'm sure, uh, honey, I'm sure it says he worshipped. He run and jumped and hooped and hollered and praised God for the victory over the enemy that they had. Uh, and then not a day later, he quit worshiping. He'd forgot what God had done for him. And if you and I aren't careful, if you and I don't watch out, we'll forget what God has done for us and we'll stop worshiping. I'm telling you tonight, I think wholeheartedly that a lot of church people, a lot of Jesus' people, those that we call ourselves Christians, I believe it wholeheartedly uh, that we've forgotten what God has done for us and that's why you see so many dead churches, you see so many uh, knots on logs sitting through the churches. Uh, I'm telling you this evening, uh, God has done some great and mighty things in our lives. No, I'm not Elijah. I'm not the disciple Peter or John. But hey, God still worked and done great and mighty things just in front of my eyes. I wrote something here Sunday. I preached over at Spring Creek and I wrote something I want to read it to you. If I can find it, God, help me to find it. But I wrote something and it helped me and I want it to help you. And it's Just listen here. Listen, I wasn't there when Jesus pulled Peter out of the water. But I was there when he saved my soul and he pulled me out of the muck and mire of sin. I wasn't there when Jesus fed the 5,000, but I've never gone hungry a day in my life. I wasn't there when they pulled a coin out of a fish's mouth to pay their taxes. But I've got money in my bank account tonight, amen. I wasn't there when Jesus raised up from the dead, but I was there when he resurrected my soul from the death of the trespass 
trespass is a sin, amen. I wasn't there when Jesus said, peace, be still, but there's been so many storms that he's calmed in my life. I've been so many storms, I've watched him stop in my life. Hey, we ought to praise him tonight. I wasn't there when Jesus raised the lame man up and made him walk down the street, but I've got a brother right here sitting on the second row. He was born with a short leg. Probably Some of you probably don't know that he was born with a short leg, and I've watched him run and jump and play basketball. I've watched him work and, and carry 80-pound buckets. Hey, I'm telling you, hey, I didn't watch a, a God raise up a lame man, but I've got a brother there with a bad leg that still does all that a normal man could do, amen. Uh, listen to me, I wasn't there when Jesus uh, uh, raised up Peter's mother-in-law, but I've got a healthy mama uh, sitting right back there in the middle of the church, amen. I wasn't there uh, on the day of Pentecost uh, when 3,000 got saved, but I've been here in this church, every Bible school we've had, where God saved 10, 11, or 20, or 30, or 40. I've been here when we've had re- re- revival and God saved 3 and 4 here and 5 and 6 there. Hey, I've still seen souls saved. It wasn't 3,000, but God's still saving souls. Amen. That's a great and mighty thing. I wasn't there when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, but I've been in a pulpit with him before, and I've heard him preach. Amen. And I'm glad to know that I've been in a pulpit with Jesus because let me tell you something tonight. This doesn't have anything to do with my list here, but I couldn't stand before you by myself tonight. I couldn't preach in my own power tonight, but the power in the Holy Spirit of Almighty God is what does the preaching and God would you make the increase Uh, I wasn't there when Jesus gave sight to the blind man but I was there when he opened my eyes to my sin and my shame amen hey listen to me I wasn't there uh, when God broke Paul and Silas out of prison but I was there when he broke the chains of sin in my life I watched it hey man hey I wasn't there when he called James and John to be fishers of men but I was uh, uh, in Archdale North Carolina in 2014 in July I was there when he came with a still small voice and called me to preach. Hey, I'm telling you, God's still doing great and mighty things, but we've forgotten, honey. We've forgotten uh, to the point where we don't worship no more. Uh, we've forgotten to the point where our churches, uh, not only Bethel, but every church just about that I go to, is void completely and totally of worship. And that's what will happen when you forget what God has done for you. Worship will stop. The next thing we see when we forget what God has done for us is work go out of the church. So what do you mean? We, stop, we start seeing people stop serving God. When we forget about what God has done for us and, and all the mighty, wonderful, powerful things that God has, has done and, and the way He saved us and, and the way He set, keeps us safe and and all the mighty things he's done in our life, when we forget, we stop serving him. If you'll notice, there with Elijah, he, uh, he uh, got scared and forgot what God had just got done through doing. And he stopped, he left his post as the prophet, as the man of God, and he picked up and he left. He ran on and went and hid. It's hard to, t- to tell anybody about what God's saying when you're a million miles from anywhere. It's hard to tell anybody about, about what God has told you to tell them. It's hard to give anybody, it was hard for, for Elijah to give anybody a warning uh, when he's at the bottom of the country, away from the whole, from the, all of, pe- of God's people. It's, uh, it was hard for Elijah uh, to warn somebody about, or give somebody a warning that God would give him when he's a million miles away from them. 
And if we're not careful, we'll forget about what God's done for us and we'll get in that same spot. We'll be so far away from where we can serve God. I'm telling you, we'll, uh, we'll start serving ourselves uh, because, listen, and I hate to say this, but if you'll uh, search your heart and, and maybe you'll agree with me, uh, but most Christians, most humans work on a quid pro quo Quid pro, uh, oh my gosh, uh, a quid pro quo with God to the point where we ain't going to do something until He does something for us. And if you'll be honest, most of the time you'll find yourself doing that or making deals with God. Well, God, if you'll let me buy that new truck, I'll witness to somebody. God, if you'll, uh, God, if you'll let me uh, uh, find find a girlfriend or find a boyfriend, then then I'll I'll do something for you. I'll I'll go and tell somebody about you. I'll invite somebody to church but not until then. And it's because we forgot about uh, who are we to make deals with God? Who are we to make a, uh, to say, God, if you'll do this for me, then I'll go on and do for you. Honey, He's done all of this for us uh, that goes unanswered. He's done all of this for us that goes unanswered and it goes unpaid for. And let me tell you something, you'll never be able to repay Him. Uh, as much as you might try, you'll never be able to. We ain't in the position uh, to make uh, deals with God. Have you ever heard the term, don't negotiate from a place of weakness? Honey, we're in a place of weakness. Amen. Because uh, they ain't, we ain't got the money to repay. We ain't got the ability to repay. Uh, we ain't got the funds. We ain't got the muscle. We ain't got the work ethic to repay what God has done. And that's what happens when you forget what God's done for you. You start making deals with God. You'll start asking God, God, just kill me. God, just kill me. And God's saying, Oh, son, there's more to do. There's more to do. God uh, was telling Elijah, honey, there's more to do. There's more to do. You've got to go and do this and talk to Jehu and you've got to uh, go give Jezebel and Ahab their warning uh, and tell them that the blood is, their blood's going to run down the streets and that the dogs is going to lick them up. Uh, you've still got so much to do. Son, you ain't time to die now. But there he was making a deal with God. Far away from serving him. Far away from doing uh, what God had called him to do and what God had told him to do. Far, far away from it. I'll bet you because Elijah went and ran into the wilderness and was afraid and forgot about what. I bet you uh, something wasn't getting done. Be it in the kingdom, be it in the streets, where, where the commonwealth, wherever, be it somewhere in the land of Judah, in the land of Israel, there was something not getting done for God because Elijah was hiding. Because he'd just forgotten about what God had just done for him. God had just done it. It was days. And if you are not careful and if you'll be honest, we're the same way. We'll come in on a Sunday and God will move and God will do something for us. He'll, he'll break a chain that we had in our life that needed to be broken. He'll save the loved one. To, uh, he'll, uh, uh, he'll just let us worship Him or He'll preach to our heart. Uh, he'll do something for us in the service uh, and we'll watch Him move great and mighty. Uh, and then by Tuesday, uh, by Wednesday morning, by Monday, a lot of times we've forgotten what God's done to us. Uh, and so then there's no worship in our heart, no worship in our life, no worship on our tongues uh, or on our hands and there's no service either so we see there's no when we forget about what God's done for us we see there's no worship, there's no work and there's no witness what do we have to witness about other than the things that Christ has done for us what do we have to tell anybody about other than the things that Christ has done for us 
Uh, because let me tell you something, the first thing Jesus ever did for you uh, and the best thing Jesus ever did for you was hang on a cross uh, and give his life over uh, so that your sins might die on the cross uh, so that you might be saved. Uh, What else do we have to witness about? Uh, What else do we have to tell somebody about? But we've forgotten that God, uh, that Jesus, God in man form, hung on a cross uh, and gave his life up uh, and took the cross, took the beating, took my sin. We've forgotten what God has done for us and so we don't tell anybody. What if the person, what if the preacher that was preaching that told you about what Jesus did forgot about what Jesus did? What if the person that that witnessed to you and told you about what Jesus did forgot about what Jesus did? I'm telling you, there's got to be a faithful uh, remnant somewhere that doesn't forget about the mighty and wonderful things that God has done for us. Uh, If we want to see growth in our church, uh, if we want to see growth uh, and we want to see our country turned around, uh, if we want to see people getting right with God, if we want to see Christians get in the White House, uh, if we want to see Christians get in the government, honey, we're going to have to remember some of the things that God's done for us. Uh, We're going to have to remember the mighty and wonderful things that Jesus laid his life down on a cross for us. There's going to have to be, you see, if you go on into the chapter uh, here in 2 Kings uh, 19, what does, what does God tell Elijah? There's a remnant. There's a remnant. Uh, and he said, you're part of it. Uh, I want to tell you this evening, if you uh, are remembering the good things and the great things that God has done for you, honey, you're part of the remnant in this country. Uh, Darren hit the nail on the head Sunday morning. Uh, he's telling it right. To, uh, our country's going to hell. Uh, there's so much drugs and, and bad things going on, and it's because God's people's forgotten about what God's done for them. And yet we're just comfortable. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, I'm tired of being comfortable in a church without worship. I'm tired of being comfortable uh, in a church uh, without work. I'm tired of being comfortable in a church without witness. I'm tired of of being around and and being part of a church body uh, that doesn't work, that doesn't worship, that doesn't witness. Uh, I'm tired of being around a bunch of slack-jawed Christians uh, uh, that won't tell nothing, uh, that don't tell nobody about God, that won't worship God, uh, and they've got too many things on their mind and got too many priorities. Uh, I'm telling you this evening, uh, we ought to start remembering about what God's done for us. We ought to start remembering about the good things of God uh, we ought to start remembering about the wonderful things that Jesus Christ has given us and done for us and told us and showed us uh, my goodness his word is enough to praise him from now until eternity his son is enough to praise him now until eternity his blood is enough to praise him now until eternity and yet we've forgotten all these things are you tired of seeing your country a country that used to be built on, on the foundations of the Bible and of God. Are you tired of seeing your country? Uh, that's a, are you tired of seeing your country go to hell? Are you tired of seeing homosexuality run rampant? Are you tired of seeing drugs and sex and alcohol selling like nothing else is selling? Are you tired of seeing it? Well, you're going to have to start remembering about God. You're going to have to start remembering what God has done for you because you'll never tell anybody about God until you remember. You'll never witness for God until you remember. You'll never work for God until you remember. And you'll never worship God until you remember the great and mighty things of Him. And not only do those things happen, but there's more. Turn with me uh, to the book of Judges uh, in chapter number 2. 
something God showed me and has been showing me since Darren preached out of, out of Judges 2, but it's helped me. My eyes help me. Don't you like it when the Word of God helps you? Amen. The book of Judges, number 2. Bible still not wanting to turn. Book of Judges, chapter number 2, and verse number 10. The Bible says in verse number 10, it says, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Uh, we're rearing up now. Uh, as we speak, we're rearing up a generation uh, of people, a generation of Americans who do not know the Lord, who have not heard the Lord, uh, who've not heard of the Lord. You'd be surprised. It would probably astonish you, the people that walk up and down uh, downtown Spruce Pine who've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what does the Bible tell us? What happened to Israel? If you'll read, we'll start in verse 6. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all of the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works for the Lord. And then, and Joshua the son of Nun, the, the servant of the Lord, died being a hundred and ten. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance at Timath, uh, here's in, Timath Ayers in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Ga or the hill Gash and also that all that generation all the ones that that run that was 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 in with Joshua all the ones that that knew the Lord and praised the Lord and served the Lord with Joshua uh, Bobby all of your generation all those that were great men and women of God that served God and did for God they're starting to die out and in, the, in Israel, they're starting to die out and they have died out. And there arose up a new generation that knew not the Lord. And I'm telling you, uh, Tony, this evening, there's rising up, raising up a generation that knows not the Lord. They're raising up a generation. I'll tell you, there are children being raised up in churches that know not the Lord. Because we've forgotten what did Israel do? Nor yet they knew the works which... He had done for Israel. And we have forgotten. Like the land of Israel, like Elijah, like the disciples on the boat, about all the mighty things that God has done for us. And if you'll notice, all of those people, Elijah, the, 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 the bunch in Israel, the disciples, they were all rebuked by God. They were all, they had their punishment that had to come up. Uh, the book of Hebrews in chapter number 12 tells us that uh, uh, if we belong to God and we're one of his sons, he's going to chastise us uh, uh, and scourge us. That's what the Bible says. And so all of these mistakes had chastisement attached to them. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a chastisement. I think, honestly, we're living in a day of chastisement. The same as if you see uh, when the, 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 the land of Israel and the children of Israel, uh, when they would get away from God, they would live in times of chastisement where they had drought and they had uh, all the bad things were going on and they couldn't live and, and they were worshiping false idols and God was hardening their heart against him. Uh, and all these things would happen because they were living in times of chastisement. I think we're living in a time of chastisement tonight. What do you mean? Well, inflation is, is up above 20%. Gas is way back up to $4 a gallon. Milk costs about $5 a gallon. 
Eggs cost about $10 a dozen. We're living in a time uh, of, of chastisement. Uh, our children are getting sent to school and being taught filth. Uh, our children are, are sitting down in front of filth and they're going to raise up a generation that know not the Lord and the only people that can be blamed for it is God's people because we forgot about what God did for us and we didn't tell anybody about what God did for us. And we're going to raise up a generation that knows not the Lord. How do you fix all that? What do you do? Let's remember tonight. Let's remember tonight. Let's remember about what God's done for us. Amen. Hey, we we got a good church here. Uh, we've got a wonderful pastor here. We've got the Spirit of God here. Uh, we've got a good uh, piano player and good song leader. We've got good things. And God just keeps pouring out good things by the bucket full. Hey, we got to remember that all those things are from God. We've got to remember. You've got to remember the money in the bank account. That's from God. The food in your belly that's from God uh, the warmth in the winter that's from God the cold the cool in the summertime that's from God remember what the Lord God of Israel had done for you and if we don't we're going to raise up a generation that does not worship that does not work and does not witness the Lord I'm telling you tonight and God listen he wouldn't he wouldn't have me preach this unless somebody needed to remember tonight. And you might be in that place uh, uh, where you're ready to die. You're ready for God just to turn you loose and let you go on to heaven. Uh, and you might be in that place. Maybe tonight you're in the place uh, where you're thinking and contemplating suicide. God just put this on my heart. You're contemplating suicide. You're ready to kill yourself. Uh, let me tell you something, honey. It ain't that bad. Remember what God has done for you. Uh, remember what God has done for you, honey. He loves you. We've got a God, uh, an, uh, an immortal, perfect, holy God that loves us. Amen. We... I, he loves us. There's, there's a God that loved us so much He sent His only begotten Son uh, to die on a cross so that we might spend eternity with Him. So that we might not have to suffer His wrath. Praise God. We've got to remember the mighty things God's done for us. I think we'd be out of a depression and out of a funk if we just ever so often look back over the years, look back over the miles and see, my goodness, God is blessed. My goodness, God is good. Hallelujah, God's been good to me. And I'll tell you this evening, God's been mighty good to me. Even like I said, when days are hard, we still got a Savior, honey. Even like I said, when days seem bad, we still got a Savior. This world's not our home. That encourages me. And I want to encourage you tonight. Remember the good and mighty things uh, of the Lord and that the Lord has done. And then you start to look, and this isn't part of the notes, but you start to look on who He is, Bobby. On who our God is. And how, how He's perfect and how He's just and how He's omnipresent and all-powerful and all-knowing and He still loves us. How a just, perfect God could love someone as unjust and unperfect as me. That's a good and great and mighty thing he's done. Amen. Hallelujah to God. We've got to move on tonight. Uh, so we see that uh, not only did, uh, uh, did uh, Elijah, rather, did only, not only did Elijah forget what God has done and what God uh, had, had been doing and, and all the things that God had done, but he forgot also what God's capable of doing. 
I think, turn with me one more time to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 3, and verse number 20. And some of you probably know it by heart, uh, but listen to me. And now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. He's able, listen to me tonight, uh, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could think. I can think some pretty wild, pretty big things. God can do more. Uh, I could come up with some pretty wild and pretty big things. God could do more. If you're honest, your imagination, if you let it run wild, you could come up with something crazy and wild and magnificent. God can do more. Unlimited, un, uh, unlimited power, able to do all things, exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. That needs you have that you've been asking of, he's able to meet it. Uh, that thing that you've been uh, thinking of, he's able to meet it. Uh, that thing that you've been uh, uh, wanting for or needing for, asking for, he's able to meet it. Praise God. But we see there are also three things uh, that happen when we forget what God can do. Well, the first thing we see that, that when we forget what God can do, we lose all peace. We begin to worry. We begin to twiddle our thumbs and, and bite our nails and, and sweat and, and get sick to our stomach. And we lose all peace because we've forgotten who our God is. But look at Elijah. He lost all peace. He was so worried about Jezebel. He was so worried about somebody coming to kill him uh, that he shook and said, God, kill me so they can't do it. And he was so worried. I bet you he was so worried he didn't dress good at all beneath that juniper tree. I bet he didn't get a wink of sleep. I bet he was shaking and shivering uh, that he was sitting under that shade tree thinking, Oh, God, what if, what if I see somebody? What if Jezebel comes? What if she sends her army? When we forget about all the things that God can do, we lose our peace and start to worry. See, if Elijah would have just realized that the same God that allowed him to kill 400 servants of Baal and sent fire, consuming fire down from heaven, if he would have realized that's the same God that was going with him into the wilderness, he wouldn't have been afraid of Jezebel in the first place. I'll tell you what, Jezebel might have been mean. She might have been strong. She might have had power, but she wasn't nothing. She wasn't not a thing compared to the almighty hand of God. She wasn't nothing compared to... She couldn't do not a thing compared to what God could do. But he, uh, Elijah, had forgotten about what God could do. He forgot all about it. And so he lost his peace. He lost uh, his ability to, I bet you he lost his ability to think. Uh, he probably couldn't talk straight. Uh, have you ever been worried? Did you, do you ever worry? I know some of you women in here and probably most of you men, y'all are worriers. Uh, and something, one little thing might be going wrong and you sit and worry about it until you lose sleep and you get sick to your stomach and, and you sit and, and you dwell on it and, and it becomes your number one priority and, and it, it bothers you and all the while if you'd have just handed it over to God uh, you wouldn't have had to worry and you wouldn't have lost your peace if you'd have just remembered that God is able to take care of it and He's going to take care of it you wouldn't have had to worry you wouldn't have had to lose your peace you wouldn't have had to uh, nothing could have gone wrong you just uh, give it over to God See, when we remember that, oh yeah, my God is the God of the Bible that splits seas and, and lets people live in, in wells and, and my God is the God of the Bible that, that takes down a, a 
uh, uh, 30,000 with 300. My, my God is the one who takes down uh, uh, armies with just the, the blow uh, of his breath. My God is the God uh, who raised up a world and, and scooped the ocean with his hands uh, and spoke the world into existence. My God is the God that broke Paul and Silas uh, out of prison. My God is the God that broke Peter out of prison. My God is the God uh, who is, hey listen, if he can speak the whole universe into existence, uh, he can speak your little problem away. And the good thing about it, the best thing about it, is he's able to do all and he cares. If we had a God who was able to do everything and was all-knowing and all-powerful and ever-present, but he didn't care about us, it wouldn't do us no much good. But we've got a God that cares, hey, about me and brother about you, Tony about you, uh, Miss Martin about you, and, and Seth about you. He cares about your prayers and my prayers. Kane, he cares about your prayers. Vince, he cares about your prayers. And he's able to meet all of them exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think of him. Amen. Amen. And yet we sit uh, uh, and worry. What have we got to worry about? The, uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter number uh, 41, he tells us uh, uh, not to fear, not to be dismayed, for he's upholding us with the right hand of his righteousness. And I'm telling you tonight, uh, uh, he's the same. Uh, when he was wrote about in Isaiah, he's the same today. Uh, the Bible tells us he was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Uh, and he's able to do all that he did in the Old Testament, all that he did in the New Testament. Honey, he's able to do in 2023. What have we got to worry about? What have we got to cry about? We've got a God, honey, that we belong to, that we're His children, uh, that He saved us, He bought us, He bought us with His Son's blood, amen. We've got a Savior that's able to do all. It's able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything we could ask or think. And we worry. Well, how do we stop? How do we get our peace back? How do I get my peace back? I've, I've lost all peace. I've let the devil take my peace away. All I do is sit and worry. All I do is sit and, and worry about the things going on. And Oh, mercy, I'm so worried about the country. I'm worried about the church. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about my youngins. Just remember who your God is. We've got to stop living like we don't have a God. And we definitely got to stop, excuse me, stop living like we, uh, uh, like we uh, uh, have a God that's not able. Let me tell you something. I, I don't got a God that ain't able. I don't have a God that's limited. I don't have a God that can't pay for. I don't have a God that can't do. I don't have a God that can't get by with. I don't have a God that can't touch his hand on it. Uh, hey, he's able to reach over uh, the deepest valley, reach down into the, the deepest muck and mire. Hey, that's where he got me at. Uh, and I'm telling you tonight, praise God, he's able. And we've got to stop treating him and acting like he ain't. Because praise God, He is. Why do we limit God? Why do we limit an all unlimited God? Because we're human, we're fleshly, and we've forgotten who He is. Forgotten what He's capable of. Well, next thing we see uh, when we lose uh, or when we forget what He can do and is capable of doing, uh, we see that we lose, yes, we lose peace, and then we lose prayer. Because we've forgotten, like I said, who we're praying to. Forgotten that, uh, hey, listen, if I had, a, if I needed something and I needed it real bad, I'm going to call somebody I know that's going to get it to me. And if you're honest, Bobby, if you need something and you need it that second, you're going to call somebody that's going to run it to you that second. And I'm telling you, we've forgotten that God is able to get it to us that second. 
Uh, and so we go calling on everybody else because we've forgotten what he's capable of doing. We go calling on ourselves and we go calling uh, on this and in that and then calling on the other uh, when we should just be calling on God. How many of us tonight, uh, how many of us that we, when something goes wrong or something happens, we exhaust every option. We drag everything. We could try. We'll do anything. We'll spend the money. Uh, we'll, we'll work the work. We'll, whatever it is, we'll dry every single thing to do it and then go to God. And God fixes it. When we could have just went at the beginning before spending the money, before doing the work, before putting in the effort, just saying, God, I need this. You see the problem. You see the need. Would you meet it? And him meeting it. Then you got some effort stored up. You got some money in your pocket because you didn't exist or uh, exhort every, every option. I'm telling you, the best option tonight in anything the best option for you life, you young people, the best option for your life, uh, you old people, the best thing, the best option for your life is Jesus Christ and to believe on Him and to remember how good He is, remember how powerful He is. I'm telling you, uh, my best option tonight uh, is Jesus Christ. Amen. If I could take a million dollars or Jesus Christ, give me Jesus. Amen. Because uh, he, listen, uh, uh, give me God because he's the God uh, with, a th with the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, he's got the money, honey. He's got more than a million. He's got more than a billion. He's got more than the devil. He's got more than Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos put together. Hey, he's got all of it uh, and he's able to do tonight. And he'll take care of me. He'll take care of you. But some of you tonight take the money why why would you take the money because you've forgotten what God can do you've forgotten who God is and I think a lot of times we forget who God is in more than just this sense we forget uh, that God is just and God demands righteousness a lot of times. That's not the message tonight, but we forget it. Uh, but let me tell you something. Not only do we lose peace and lose prayer, but we lose our Christ. We lose a harvest. We lose that thing that we should have been praying for. We lose that thing that we should have been asking for because we forgot what he's capable of doing. We lose the prize of, uh, of worshiping Him. We lose the prize of hearing from Him. When we forget about all that He can do, listen, we take our attention off of Him because we think there's going to be something else, something better coming along the way. And Jesus tonight is the prize. And we miss our prize. We lose our prize when we forget about how good He is. We forget about what He can do. Uh, we forget about how capable He is. We lose Him. We get away from Him. Uh, amen. We get away from, uh, from the will of God. Get away from the walk of God. Get away from the people of God. Get away from the word of God. Because All because we forgot about who he is, what he can do. Because what we say, he can do exceedingly and above all we could ever ask or think. Exceedingly, abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. And yet we are missing out on exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Because we forgot that he's able to supply exceedingly above, abundantly above all we could ask or think. So tonight, I want to remind you to remember God. 
Remember, uh, remember the goodness of God. Remember the capabilities of God. But remember what He's done for you. Remember how He's good to you. Uh, remember Him saving you. Guys, I think about Him saving me sometimes, and I get to Jesus. For, uh, I get to run in and jump, and I'm glad tonight that He saved me. I'm glad tonight He saved me. And I'm glad tonight He saved y'all. And if you're not saved tonight, get saved, and I'll be glad He saved you too, honey. But I'm telling you tonight, we, when I think about April 7, 2008, uh, at Pass Baptist Church, uh, a little bit after 7.30 o'clock, when I get to thinking about that day, and I get to thinking about how Jesus come, and he knocked on my heart's door, and Jesus come, and he started pulling on my heartstrings, and he started get, trying to get into my soul, and he told me, you need to be saved. And I said, okay, Lord, save me. And he did. When I get to thinking about that day, and I remember what he's done for me, man, that excites the far out of me. We ought to be, I'll tell you what, if we remember, if we remember what God's done for us, we'll start getting excited about what God has done. If we start to, to remember what God's done for us, we'll get excited. We'll have a zeal about us. But there's no work with no remembrance. There's no worship with no remembrance. There's no witness with remember, without remembrance. I'm telling you tonight, if you want to see a turnaround uh, in this world, uh, if you want to see a, uh, a turnaround in our country, if you want to see America get back to God, we're going to have to remember a few things about our God, uh, mainly uh, what He's done for us, because remembering what He's done for us is remembering the cross of Calvary and remembering the blood that was shed there, and we're going to have to remember what He's able to do, because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. We could ask or think. That lost person you're praying for, he's able to save them. Uh, the, 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 you're, you're praying for, for the country to get back to God, he's able to do it, honey. Uh, and yet we shortchange him and limit him and say, well, God's not going to hear my prayer. We say God's not going to be able to do uh, my prayer. And we start limiting God and wonder why nothing's happening. When we limit God, we stop expecting him to do all the wonderful, amazing things he can do. When we limit God, we only ask Him to do limited things. Remember tonight. Remember tonight. You're praying and worshiping an unlimited God. If you'll stand to your feet, say, if you come and get us a song. I don't often do altar calls, especially on Wednesday night, and, but God's led me to do one. Maybe you need to just come and say, God, remind me. Maybe you need to come get in the altar and say, Jesus, remind me of the things that you've done. Jesus, remind me how big you are. Jesus, remind me how great you are. Jesus, remind me how capable you are. And he'll do it. Let that be the first step in, in seeing an unlimited God, that he'll remind you of what he's done for you. Do you believe him tonight? I believe him, Miss Wanda. I believe him. I believe him. All the things he said in his word, all the promises he promised me and you, I believe him tonight. And he'll meet him in the altar, amen. <clears throat> oh God, our Father. Lord, I thank you tonight. Lord God, that you're able and capable, God. I praise you tonight and worship you tonight for the wonderful, mighty things that you've done. God, I pray, Lord, tonight this message did not fall on deaf ears. God, that it would find a lodging place in each and every one of our hearts and minds, God. 
God, help us, Lord, not to forget you. God, not to forget who you are and what you're capable of, what you're able to do. God, help us not to forget, God, the good things that you've done for us. God, help us not to forget. God, help us, God, never to forget, God, that you saved our soul. God, and wherever, God, we ought to be, uh, God, you're worthy of praise tonight, God. God, would you help us, Lord, never to forget, God, the mighty, wonderful things you've done. God, help us, Lord, I pray. God, just like you reminded Elijah, God, through a still, small voice, God, would you remind us tonight, God, who you are, what you're able to do, what you're capable of doing, God, and what you've done for us, God, because we forgot. God, here at Bethel, we forgot, and we're sorry, God. Forgive us, Lord, for for forgetting who you are. But, God, we see you clearly now that you're the Savior of saviors and the Master of masters, the Lord of lords and the God of gods. Uh, God, that you're able, uh, God, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ever asked or think uh, God and we praise you tonight uh, God I pray Lord God that you continue to touch our church God would you grow it uh, God would you help it uh, God would you bring in new members God that are going to be faithful God and work and serve you uh, God would you touch our pastor tonight God as he's preaching uh, God that you'd bless that meeting uh, God that you touch that revival God God and I pray God that you touch each and every soul each and every body God that's here God, in the in the service tonight, God, and those watching online, God, that you touch them. God, that you'd be with them, God, and remind them, God, who you are and, God, what you're capable of doing. God, that you love us. Thank you, Jesus, for the love. Thank you, Savior, for loving us enough to, 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 to endure Calvary. Thank you, dear Savior. Lord, now I pray that you go with each and every one of us. God, Go and bring us, uh, take us with you, Father, in remembrance of you, God. Uh, God, to do your will. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would light a fire in our souls, God, a fire of zeal and a fire of service, God, and a fire that is witnessing to other people, God, that we may shine your light, God, and do your will. God, light a fire under our hands, God, that we'd work and do for you, God, for time is drawing nigh. God, the time is drawing short. God, you showed us in your word the prophecies revealed, God. Uh, and God, I pray, Lord, that you'd, God, wait a little longer so that those few more, God, just a few more might get in. Lord, we thank you and praise you for all that you do. Lord, in Jesus' name, I do pray. Uh, And for Jesus' sake, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.